bras and hoops, Lamar and swoops, back alley cats, the back door cuts with alley oops, posting up, you on block or mic and booth, and kick it out to one who likes to shoot, oh yeah, said we merging them, got 50 with a surgeon, and some throwbacks like Snoop Dogg, with Magic Irvin, and some more in like Master P and Dr. Irvin, playing on how about maybe a little Wayne, speaking on bird back then, bars and hoops y'all, we hitting up all courts, but now with the sports talk, next we talk all sports, back to it. Got Jada and Jamal Croft, haters get crossed out, crossed up across all actual facts, points of view that you never seen from your favorite artists like talking about Gerald Green or Gerald Wallace, whoever's on your favorite team, L I mean on the verse and still be great on the name for being H. Drake's opinion on spates, one synopsis of Blake, tip on Horford's fate, the facts we giving them straight, the truth they shitting on tape, who sports snakes for a take, so true or you can debate on who you really done rate, come through it really be great, the true the fact like a state, AAM on Prime 8, please remember, bars and hoops, the center of the hood, make it part of your agenda. Yeah, 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 y'all, what up, what up, what up? Bars and Hoops, Stills the Great. Today is Thursday, November 10th, 2016. Two days after Doomsday. <laughs> man, our country is in bad shape, man. You know what I mean? We got a black eye, America. You know what I mean? But, you know, that's neither here nor there. It's not the platform for me to touch on that. But I'm going to stick to what our platform is and what our agenda is for the day. We're going to be talking about the NBA season so far, the first two weeks my surprise teams, my breakout players, and we're also gonna touch on, you know, whatever happened to classic albums, like what happened to that? Classic rap albums, that's like a far-fetched thing nowadays when this game called music. And um, we're gonna touch on that and I'm gonna share some of my all-time favorite classic CDs. But to set it off, man, we're gonna start with the NBA agenda, pretty much talking about the surprise teams in the Eastern and Western Conference, as well as the Sleeping Giants. Number one on my list in the Eastern Conference is the Charlotte Hornets. They've started off with a record of six and one. Road Warriors winning three out of four games on the road. You know what I mean? Kemba Walker is doing his thing, even though he lost Jeremy Lin. He lost Al Jefferson. He lost a lot of key players, but he put that team on his back. And kudos and shout out to Steve Clifford for having that team playing defense. You know what I mean? They're playing defense, they're riding Kemba's wave, and they're doing very well. I mean, I, I, I expected them to be a slightly above 500 team, possibly a playoff team, but I didn't think that they would start off this well. So shout out to the Charlotte Hornets staff, shout out to Michael Jordan. You're doing your thing out there. Hopefully, hopefully we see you, you know, come playoff time. Second on the list, the Atlanta Hawks. First off, I got to say, you know, I apologize to Dwight Howard. I call him Mike Howard. You know what I mean? He might grab a rebound. He might block a shot. He might play a game. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, he looks pretty comfortable in Atlanta alongside Paul Millsap. Dennis Schroeder looks like he's comfortable running the team as the floor general now. His first year as a starter. Bolden, Bolzenhaus, however you pronounce his name, the coach, is doing a really good job with this team. They're gelling, you know what I mean? They didn't really add too many different players to the mix. They just added Dwight Howard, and he looks like he's a rejuvenated player. You know what I mean? Losing Jeff Teague and Al Horford is not a small thing, and they're moving along quite well without those two guys, man. And they, they started off with a 6-2 and two record, so Atlanta is looking like they may be for real again. <clears throat> Next on the list, the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> 
They're coming with a record of five and two. It's no real surprise. I mean, they're going to be there when the smoke clears. When teams start to die down, the Raptors are still going to be there, mainly because of the play of DeMar Rosen. Right now, he's on a historic clip. You know, he's only one of five players to start the season out with all of the games that he's played, averaging a 30-point per game total. He joins the company of MJ, not Michael Jackson, but Michael Jordan, Adrian Dantley, Nate Tiny Archibald, and Marquise Johnson as the only five players to average 30-plus points per game in their first seven games to start an NBA season. And he doesn't look like he's going to stop there because last night he put 37 on Oklahoma City's ass. Pause. You know, he was like, Russ, you ain't the only stud in the building, baby. I'm here. So take note of it. He's putting the league on notice. I'm pretty sure he wasn't happy with his slam power ranking. But hey, man, DeMar DeRozan and the Toronto Raptors are going to be there when the smoke clears. You know what I mean? Drake is number one. That's the Spike Lee of Canada. Drake holding down the six. <laughs> Next on the list, the Milwaukee Bucks. You know, I'm not even going to lie to you. I thought that they were going to be the bottom of the barrel, the crud at the bottom of the barrel. I thought Jason Kidd was going to get ran out of town after the first month of the season, but he got those guys playing ball. You know, you got the Greek freak and Jabari Parker putting in work in Milwaukee. You know, they finally got big boy uh, Greg Monroe to, to show up and play like he wants to play. I don't know about the defensive end, but he's putting it in on offense. You know what I mean? And they look real good right now. I mean, granted, they're beating teams that they should beat. They're winning at home. But they're hovering at around 500 with a 4-3 and three record. You know, slightly above average, but it's less than 10 games within the season. Catch me in the middle of the season, and I'll let you know if Milwaukee is the real deal or not. Next on the list, the Detroit Pistons. Coming in with a 4-4 four and four record. I mean, they're about what I thought they would be, a 500-team, middle-of-the-pack team. Um, you know, <laughs> Andre Drummond is a man-child. That's, that's all I can say. Andre Drummond is a man-child. You know what I mean? You got Tobias Harris, Marcus Morris. They're both playing well. The Detroit Pistons are playing tough basketball. And I got to say shout-out to Stan Van Gundy, man. You know what I mean? You got that team playing. You stood up for, for your players. You stood up for people in the country that felt a certain way, that couldn't voice their opinion, and you stood up and used your platform to speak out about, about the nonsense that just happened two days ago on Election Day. It was an embarrassment to our country. It was an embarrassment to the women and children of our country, and it was an embarrassment to everybody that's part of the United States of America. You know what I mean? We should be better than that. You know, this isn't 1922. This is 2016. But, again, I'm not going to get into the political side of things. I'm going to keep it strictly basketball. Moving ahead now to the sleeping giants of the Eastern Conference. <laughs> it's an interesting list. Indiana Pacers. You know, right now they're going through their little growing pains. You know, they're, they're trying to incorporate, you know, a bunch of new players into the fold. You know, they, they got a new point guard. With Jeff Teague, Thaddeus Young at, at power forward. You know, Paul George is finally coming into his own. They had Monte Ellis from last year. You know, you got Miles Turner starting at center for the first time, and he's a stud. Let's not get it twisted, fellas. People out there, Miles Turner is definitely a stud, and he may mess around and be an all-star. 
if things go his way and if the if the Pacers continue to use him in the right way. But you know, you know, right now, just like just like any other team that's starting out with a bunch of new players, you know, the chemistry issues are going to be an issue. You know, starting in the beginning of the season. But as by mid-season, I think that the Pacers should be clicking on all cylinders, and they're going to be a scary team come playoff time. They're definitely going to be a 50-win team. I feel like they're going to be a big threat to Cleveland and, you know, everybody else that's supposed to be cream of the crop in the Eastern Conference. All right, next on the list. You know, they're sort of underachieving right now, but the Boston Celtics, and I kind of predicted this. I predicted that. The Celtics will probably take a step back or look like a very average team because the Eastern Conference has gotten a lot better. You know what I mean? You got the emergence of Indiana. You know, Detroit has gotten better. You know, the Raptors are still here. The Hawks have gotten better. The Hornets are still good. You know, the Knicks, if they get it together, can be a potential threat. So I I, kind of figured that Boston would take a step back. You know, they added, you know, Al Horford. They drafted Jalen Brown, who's a problem, by the way. 20 years old, plays defense. You know, he fits in the scheme of things of what you're trying to do. And um, Brad Stevens is a great coach. You know, his X's and O's games is is definitely on point. And the Celtics are looking like, you know, they're going to be middle of the pack. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. They may give somebody a scare in the first round, but I don't see them getting past the first round without a go-to guy. And they may possibly make a trade in the, in, in, in the middle of the season before the trade deadline. I keep hearing Gordon Hayward. I think that he'll be a great fit to their team. But, again, he's not a go-to guy that you can just give the ball to and he'll go to work when you need a tough basket. He's a system guy. He's a great player, but he's not a superstar that you can just dump the ball into and depend on him night in and night out. Being an unselfish player isn't a bad thing, but Boston needs that right now because they have too many of those guys that fit the bill that I just explained. Next, last and not least on the Sleeping Giants list is the New York Knicks. You know, obviously there's a lot of chemistry issues. There's a lot of issues with what type of offense they want to run. Triangle, Bermuda Triangle, Square Rectangle, Octagon. I don't know what the hell it is, but Phil Jackson needs to chill out, man. At the end of the day, you hire Jeff Hornacek. Let him do his job, man. You know what I mean? If you want to run the triangle, you come down and coach. Don't don't try to put Kurt Rambis in now as a defensive coordinator. This isn't football. You know what I mean? This isn't football. Stop trying to undermine the coach, man. Let Jeff Hornacek do what he's supposed to do with the team that he's given. You don't have triangle guys. You don't have Kobe coming through those doors. You don't have MJ coming through those doors. You don't have Shaq coming through those doors. Let Hornacek work, man. Carmelo's not either of those guys I just mentioned. Carmelo Anthony's an isolation player. Derrick Rose is a pick-and-roll point guard that gets to the basket, and he'll finish. You know what I mean? Joe Kim Noah plays defense. Let the team gel. Let them get their identity, and, you know, just let Hornacek do his thing. You know what I mean? You're looking like a real ass out here. You know what I mean? Your colleagues are laughing at you. You know what I mean? If you want to bounce off to L.A. with Jeannie, you know, you could gladly see the door at the end of the season, my brother. But other than that, the Knicks need to get their bench rotation together. They need to figure out what type of defense they're going to play. Derrick Rose is looking very healthy. You know what I mean? He put the $153 million point guard in the mix the other day at the Garden. You know what I mean? Chris Stapps Porzingis is looking really good. 
He's looking strong. It looks like he worked on his jumper. They're using him in mismatches very well, and his confidence is up. His only problem is that he needs to figure out when and when not to shoot the ball. Like, don't get it twisted, young fella. You're still, you're still wet behind the ears, my brother. You got a little skills, but you got other skill players on your team, man. Know your role. Next on the list, we're going to get to the Western Conference, which is a tough conference, by the way, but, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a big gap between the good teams and, and the also-rans. Starting with the good teams, the most surprising team in the Western Conference right now is the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes, the Clippers, the old-ass Clippers. Doc Rivers has them playing some ball. Right now, they're 7-1. and one. They just put the smack down on San Antonio, put the smack down on their candy asses. Blake Griffin is looking like a problem. He's finally coming into the season healthy, no broken hands, no no knee problems, you know, no wrist problems. He's coming in and he's balling, and they look like they're serious. I mean, they see what Golden State is doing, <laughs> and they know that their window is closing. You know what I mean? Chris Paul isn't a young boy, young boy anymore. Paul Pierce is retiring at the end of the season. You know, DeAndre Jordan feeds off of Chris Paul. So this is like now or never for the Clippers. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Will they challenge Golden State? That remains to be seen. But I do know that they are one player away from actually being able to win it all. And that's a small forward. And the only small forward that I think can help them is Carmelo Anthony. But the reality is the Knicks will want something in exchange for Carmelo. And that would probably be Blake Griffin. Bottom line. Next up, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Starting off with a 6-2 and two record, Russell, Russell Westbrook is looking like he may potentially be the MVP of this season. You know, they this is the best start in franchise history. Let me say that one more time. This is the best start that the Oklahoma City Thunder has had in franchise history. That means including when KD was there. And this is all on Russell Westbrook's shoulder. Yes, you know, Steven Adams is stepping up into his own. Victor Oladipo is meshing very well with Russell Westbrook. I mean, they paid Steven Adams $100 million. They paid Victor Oladipo $84 million. DeMontis Sabonis is looking like he's going to be a problem there. Jeremy Grant is a good addition that they just added to the team. You know, they have a young nucleus, and I look for the Thunder to keep on rolling moving forward. Next on the list is Old Faithfuls. Nothing much I could really say about these guys. It's business as usual, but the San Antonio Spurs. You know, they had, they had a 5-3 and three clip. I mean, they lost a couple of games, but on opening night, they, they set a tone and sent a message to Golden State that it's not going to be sweet this season, brothers. We put the smack down on your candy ass in a heartbeat, and Mr. Kawhi Leonard, a.k.a. do it all and do it easy, he showed them what the deal was on opening night. He was picking Steph's pockets, going to the hole, banging it. You know what I mean? Hitting threes. It looks like working out with Kobe in the offseason helped him a lot. And um, that helped his confidence. And, you know, the Spurs look like they're going to be there when it's all said and done. You know, they added Paul Gasol. You know what I mean? LaMarcus Aldridge is still there. Jonathan Simmons, a.k.a. John Starks 2.0, is a problem off the bench. And Coach Popovich is always going to have a good game plan. Phil Jackson, you need to learn from Coach Popovich, man. 
He doesn't try to change players, man. He has a system. The system works. And he's not trying to fit a square into a round hole. You need to learn that, brother. Otherwise, being a GM isn't good for you. If you want to coach, go back into coaching. Next on the list, the Utah Jazz with a record of 5-4. and four. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know what the Jazz would do. I mean, they added a couple of quiet pieces. They added George Hill. They added Joe Johnson to a nucleus that already included Gordon Hayward, you know, Rodney Hood, and uh, Rudy Gobert. You know what I mean? Rudy Gobert gave Chris Stapps Porzingis a helmet the other night, too, twice. He was looking real dominant down there as a big man. He's a young stud. But, you know, the Jazz are basically a vanilla team, man. Quinn Snyder's a great coach. You know what I mean? He proved that in college, and it's and it's and it's definitely spilling over into the NBA game. And you know, I can't lie; I gotta give the Jazz some credit. You know what I mean? They're not a team filled with big names, but they play with big heart and they play together as a team. And that's what you need. Derek Favors is a stud. Rudy Gobert is a stud. Gordon Hayward is a stud. You added Joe Johnson and George Hill. You might have something going on. You won't be bottom of the barrel, but you definitely won't make it out of the first or second round. Next up on the list, the Los Angeles Lakers. (laughs) That's right, the Los Angeles Lakers, man. I'm not going to lie, man. I probably predicted them winning about 21 games this season. I didn't think that they would do well. You know, they got a new coach. Luke Walton, cool hand Luke, got D'Angelo Russell playing out of his mind. You know, the system looks like they're they're comfortable with the system. You know, uh, they're definitely doing their thing. Larry Nance is out here dunking on cats and mushing them at the same time. It's it's crazy, man. Lou Williams, Jordan Clarkson, you know, they're all solid contributors, man. And Brandon Ingram will eventually come into his own. I mean, the Lakers are far cry away from, um, you know, being a playoff team. But I do think that they'll be exciting this year. And, um, you know, hey, they may turn some heads. I mean, they put the smack down on Golden State. Who thought that that would happen? Not I. Not I, says the smart rabbit. But, um, you know, I, I up their win total from about 21 wins to maybe 30 wins, man. That's a big improvement from where they came from. I think they're another two to three years away from actually being a contender, but they have a young nucleus in place and a young coach in place, and that spells nothing but good news. Next up, the sleeping giants in the West. (laughs) Another interesting list. The Portland Trailblazers, led by the backcourt of Damian Lillard and C.J. McCullough. You know, those guys are are definitely ballers. I look at them as the best backcourt in the NBA outside of Stephen Clay. But, um, you know, they they definitely need to make some moves in the uh, midseason before the trade deadline. They need to get a stud in the middle, and they need to get another wing player to start. I mean, Rudy Gay may be available, you know. Boogie Cousins may be be available. He might choke Vlade Divox out of, or George Carl may get it. You know what I mean? One of them going to get choked out by Boogie. Uh, you know, Rudy Gay checked out a long time ago. So you never know, man. It could be some interesting moves made by midseason. Hopefully the Portland Trailblazers do that because they can't just ride on the back of Damian Lillard and C.J. McCullough the whole way through <clears throat> and think that they're going to really do something in a powerful Western Conference. Okay. Next on the list, the Houston Rockets. What can I say, man? Mike D'Antoni reinvented itself. You know, the whole seven second or less offense. It didn't work in New York. 
it's actually working in um Houston and he has James Harden playing at an MVP level right now. I can't lie. Harden is flirting with averaging a triple-double this season. You know, he's running the point. He's looking like Magic Johnson, Penny Hardaway out there. You know what I mean? Both of them combined. Yeah, I said it. Magic and Penny. He's getting to the rack at will. You know what I mean? He's dishing the ball. He's scoring, you know. But this team is only going to go as far as Harden could take them with his average of 30 points, 13 assists, and 7 rebounds. You know, that's 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 great numbers. That's historic numbers for him. That's career-high numbers. You know, the team could be overachieving right now. They're 4-3. and three. But, um, you know, again, the rest of their team is weak. You know, outside of Harden, everybody else is, like, on the tail end of their careers. NBA journeymen trying to find their way. And, you know, I really don't see them doing much better than a first-round exit at best. And James Harden may be in consideration for MVP. Last but not least on my on my sleepers list. I mean, they shouldn't even be sleepers in my in my opinion. They should definitely be, you know, underachievers. The Minnesota Timberwolves. Tom Thibodeau inherited a very young team. You know, he inherited a team with Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, you know, Zach Levine, you know, Ricky Rubio. You know, they drafted Chris Dunn. You know, the, the problem with this team is that they're not playing defense. The chemistry is terrible. And you got to find out your identity. Who's your go-to guy? Is it Wiggins or Towns? To be quite honest, you know, Carl Anthony Towns was not a go-to guy when he was in Kentucky. He shouldn't be a go-to guy in the NBA. He should feed off of your talented wing players and Rubio, uh, Levine, and Wiggins. I think Wiggins should be the star of this team, the go-to guy, the guy that they depend on for a basket, not Carl Anthony Towns. You know, he's doing too much. He's shooting three-pointers. He's trying to take guys off the dribble. It's, it's like he's doing too much, man. Get your chemistry together. Start playing some defense. Get Chris Dunn into the mix, man, because Rubio, you know it's the inevitable that he's going to probably get moved to another team. But, um, you know, I had them. At around a 500 team, I still think that they'll be around a 500 team that can possibly make the playoffs somewhere around the 7th and 8th seed with a 42 or 45 win record. And, um, you know, who knows? When you get in the playoffs, man, with Thibodeau and the defensive schemes that he comes up with, they can possibly make some noise in the playoffs. Now, let's move on over to the players to watch. <laughs> First on the list, Anthony Davis with season numbers. 30 points, 12 rebounds, two blocks. You know, the guy started the season on opening night with a 50-point performance. The next night, he put up 45 points, 17 rebounds. He's looking like an absolute monster out there. It's a shame that the Pelicans are doing nothing to build around him. He has a bunch of journeymen and a bunch of scrubs basically playing with him, to be quite frank. Now, there was a trade rumor that I did see online. You know what I mean? And it had Mr. Davis, the unibrow, taking his talents to New York City on 33rd and 7th Avenue to play with the New York Knickerbockers in exchange for Chris Stapp's Porzingis and Derrick Rose. That'll be a really nice mix, man. That will be a really nice mix of, um, you know, and it's a fair trade, but I really don't see it happening. You know what I mean? Because after all, Anthony Davis is the number six ranked player on slam online you know what i mean uh next up on the list james harden you know harden as i just said 
is putting up career numbers in Mike D'Antoni's system. He's almost flirting with a triple-double right now. He's averaging 31 points, 12 assists, 7 rebounds, and he's playing point guard. He's the number 7-ranked player on the slam list. Um, you know, as I said, he's only going to go as far as, the t- as he can take the team. You know what I mean? He needs some help, but the type of player he is, he's a ball-dominant guard, point guard now, small forward, whatever you want to call him, and that spells trouble for James Harden and the Houston Rockets. I think during the playoffs, teams are double and triple team him and take away all that fancy stuff that he's doing. Third on the list, Joel Embiid. Yes, Philly, you have one. The city of brotherly late, brotherly hate. You possibly have one. You have one. You might have two. Once uh, Ben Simmons gets back, it's possible you can have two rookie of the years on the same team. Co-rookie of the years. <laughs> Look at that. Philly, you may be back. You may be back in business. Nah, I'm lying. They're still going to be terrible. I think the Sixers are winless right now. You know what I mean? They've been playing hard. I seen Embiid the other day putting on against Cleveland. He pulled one of LeBron moves out on him, chased him down, and plastered that ball to the backboard. You know what I mean? He's coming down looking like the dream in his prom, shaking dudes with the dream shake, baby hooks. So those two years that it took for him to recover and get healthy, looks like he's been working with um, the Dream somewhere in Houston. Next on the list, Chef Curry. Steph Curry with The Rock. Ranked number two (laughs) in Slam's list. To me, I think that's extremely too high for Steph. Outside of scoring, he does nothing else to impact the game. Yes, he's a great shooter, but without that team around him, would he really be doing that anywhere else? I don't think so. I don't think that he's a better point guard than Kyrie Irving, and I think Kyrie Irving put the world on notice last year in the playoffs. You know what I mean? He did break a record, though, because he does shoot the lights out of the basketball. He hit 13 threes in one game. Yes, that's 13 three-pointers in one game the other night, and, you know, that does deserve some kudos. But other than that, nah, I don't I don't know, man. Steph Curry is good, but 26 points, six assists, Three rebounds on a team that you're playing on is pretty impressive, but outside of the Warriors, I don't know if he'll be doing that anywhere else. Next on the list is the King. I don't need to say much. You know, the King is ranked number one in Slam's book. Um, You know, right now, he's the only one that I see that can possibly do an Oscar Robinson and average a triple-double this year. You know what I mean? I think that that's his motivation to average a triple-double this year. He's going out of his way to get his teammates involved. He's letting Kyrie Irving take the reins of scoring and doing what he does. He's just chilling. He's in playoff mode, but he's relaxing. He's doing just the minimum to keep his team in the game and to keep himself uh, preoccupied with activities on the floor because, like I said, his motivation to me It's to average a triple-double, and he's close to doing it. He's averaging 22 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. That's triple-double-worthy numbers, and I honestly think that he will be the first player since Oscar Oscar Robinson to average a triple-double. Next on the list, and most people will say that, well, what the hell is he doing on the list? But Derrick Rose, yes. Derrick Rose does deserve to be on this list. He does deserve a shout-out. He's averaging 16 points, 5 assists, and 4 rebounds. Don't call it a comeback. 
people counted this guy out because he lost his athleticism. You know, he got hurt a couple of years. He broke his orbital bone. He didn't start this season out with the team because he had to fight off a thought in court. You know what I mean? He had a couple of knee surgeries. Yes, some of the explosiveness is gone, but the quickness is still there. His handle is still there, and his heart is still there, and that's all you need in New York, brother. And he's putting on for New York City right now, and he's enjoying it. Once the Knicks get some cohesion, chemistry down packed, and he gets to understand his players a little bit better, Derrick Rose is going to definitely be a problem in the Eastern Conference. Next on the list, Dwight Howard, Mike Howard. <laughs> I got to give Dwight his props, man. He's averaging 17 points, 12 rebounds, and two blocks a game. He's definitely an impact on the Hawks' defense and on the rebounds. The Hawks are off to a good start right now. They handed the Cavs their first loss of the season the other night, but Slam doesn't really give Dwight that respect, put no respect on his name. They currently have him ranked at number 35 on their list, which is, eh, it is what it is, man. Mike Howard, you might grab a rebound, might show up to play, might pout on the sideline. We don't know what you might do, but you're doing the thing right now, brother, and I got to give you your props. Next on the list is Kawhi Leonard, a.k.a. Mr. Do-It-All, a.k.a. The Franchise. You know what I mean, Craig? He, he, had the, he had the luxury of growing under Tony Parker, under Tim Duncan, you know, under all of these players to keep the pressure off of him. You know, now he's forced to be the leader, and he stepped up in a big way in the opening night by single-handedly giving the Warriors the business. You know what I mean? He's averaging 26 points, five rebounds, three assists, and two steals on the season, and he's currently ranked number five by Slam. To me, it's like, wow, you know, number five. Woo, he's ahead of KD, ahead of KD on that list. So what does that say, world? Kawhi is coming for you. You know what I mean? Get your stuff together. Next on the list, honorable mention, Dwayne Wade with season numbers of 17 points, four rebounds, and three assists. He's showing up in Miami tonight. I know it's going to be an emotional game for him, but he's a veteran. You know what I mean? Miami messed up by letting him walk. You know what I mean? He's a great player. He's helping the Bulls out tremendously. And, you know, he's a key player on any championship team right now. Hopefully he can help the Bulls out. I, I, I expect them to have a good season with him playing. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens come playoff time because the Chicago Bulls will be in the mix. Next on the list, Russi, Russell Westbrook. You know what I mean? He's another player that's flirting with averaging a triple-double. We got three players this year that can potentially average triple-doubles. You know, Russell Westbrook's coming in with season numbers of 30 points, eight rebounds, 10 assists. You know what I mean? He lead, he le he's leading the OKC Thunder to their best record in franchise history to start the season six and two they've never done it before with him and kd together never done it before put some respect on that man's name once he gets the emotional part of his game out of his heart you know he's gonna be unstoppable man that game in golden state he really looked bad it looked like he really wanted it too bad it looked like he wanted to fight out there but you know it was a learning curve it was learning experience for him and i think that when it's all said and done he's gonna be in that mvp talk at the end of the season. Next on the list, last but not least, is Mr. DeMar Rosen. As I told you guys earlier, he's coming into the season with a chip on his shoulder, 
about the size of a brick or a boulder. You know, Slam Magazine ranked him at number 24. I think he took that very personal. And again, he's in that rare company that I mentioned earlier. His season numbers, he leads the league in scoring. 34 points, four rebounds, three assists. He's on a mission this year. Please put some respect on his name. He's going to help the Toronto Raptors go very far in the the Eastern Conference. Keep an eye out on Mr. Rosen, Mr. DeRozan, because he's coming for you. Now, time to switch gears. You know what I mean? Here at Bars and Hoops, man, it's exactly what it is, exactly what the name is, Bars and Hoops, which means music and sports. Here's the music side of things. As I asked you guys at the top of the show, whatever happened to classic albums, you know, that's like a far-fetched thing. There's no such thing as a classic album anymore. You know, what happened to that? I'm just going to run off a few classic albums that I grew up loving. For the young listeners, if you're listening, if you ever get a chance, pull it up on iTunes, go to YouTube, study it if you're a hip-hop fan. These are some albums that you definitely need to have in your collection. First on the list, this album came out in 1994, Illmatic. That was Nas's debut album. Basically, beats, rhymes, and the stories from a 17-year-old kid growing up in the projects of Queensbridge, New York, in Queens. You know, <laughs> that's like, it's, it's, it's so amazing, man, because, you know, Nas actually goes to schools, man. He's been honored for this album. In, in history classes where they teach history about music. They have Nas come up and talk about his Illmatic project. You know, that's huge, man. Every rapper should want that. You know what I mean? Next on the list is Reasonable Doubt. That's Jay-Z's debut album. It's dropped in 1996. Can't knock the hustle. You know what I mean? Jay is basically giving you the vivid street tales of a street hustler. You know what I mean? These are albums that you can play from start to finish. You know what I mean? That album took him to where he is today. You know? Next on the list. This is for my West Coast people. The Chronic. Dr. Dre's debut album. You know what I mean? After he left N.W.A. This album was basically a West Coast collaboration that was super dope. Beats, rhymes, you know? It was a really dope album, man. And a lot of people... A lot of people really don't discuss that album too much, but that was a classic. And Dre only drops albums like every eight to 10 years because it came out with the Chronic 2001, like six, seven years after that. Next on the list is Ready to Die, the Notorious B.I.G. God bless his soul, rest in peace, big. It's because of you, now I guess I know what beef is. You know what I mean? Another album based out of New York City, Brooklyn, New York to be exact. You know, Big was just a rapper, man. He was talented, man, and it was sh- it's, a, it's a shame that his career was cut short by senseless violence, man. And its case is still unsolved, which is terrible. You know what I mean? Another album that everybody needs to have in their collection, if you call yourself a hip-hop fan, Into the 36 Chambers, man. You know what I mean? Nine artists, nine MCs all got a record deal based off of this one album. That's unheard of in hip-hop history. You got the Method Man, Raekwon, Ugard even got a deal, Ghostface, RZA, Jizza, Inspector Deck, Old Dirty Bastard. Like, all of these guys got a record deal based off of this one album. That's unheard of nowadays. You know what I mean? Next on the list, one of the classic albums from that group, 
only built for Cuban links. Raekwon's first debut album. It was crazy, man. Beats, rhymes, you know what I mean? The tales, the vivid tales of, of a dude growing up on Staten Island, you know what I mean? Doing that thing in the streets, you know what I mean? It, it just was a vivid tale. And they had a couple of collabos on there that was classic. You know what I mean? I for I, you know, no, I'm sorry. That was uh, Mob Deep, I for I. But uh, Incarcerated Scarfaces, you know, he had a collaboration with Nas on there. It's just a lot on that album that to this day you can play these songs and not have to skip not one song because it's just a classic album and you can sing along with it the whole way through. Next on the list, we're going to take it to Queens, Southside to be exact. Get Rich or Die Trying, 50 Cent's debut's al- debut album. He hasn't looked back ever since. From this album, he bought you Get Rich or Die Trying, the movie. You know what I mean? He created a bunch of short films, created uh, Power, one of your favorite shows on TV today. Now he's working on the BMF documentary. 50's a beast. That album is a classic. If you don't have it, you better get it. I don't care how you feel about them. It's about the music. Beats, rhymes, concepts. 50 did it all on that album. And he did a groundbreaking job. By He had a monstrous run. You know? Next on the list, The Infamous. That was Mob Deep's second album. Wasn't their debut album. Their first album was called Juvenile Hell, which was dropped on 4th and Broadway. But The Infamous came out under Loud Records at the time. And if you're not familiar with Loud Records, do your homework. Loud Records had a lot of classic artists and a lot of classic material come from that camp. It's a shame that, you know, they couldn't sustain, you know, the label because of a lot of a, a lot of things that happened. You know what I mean? That's a whole nother story. That's that's interview worthy. So if I could ever get somebody from Loud or artist that was a part of Loud during those glory days, get at me. Next on the list, we're going to take it to the South with Outkast, AT Aliens. I mean, what can I say? Andre 3000 is one of the most underrated MCs, lyricists in the game, big boy. You know, they kind of paved the way for the whole South movement. You know, without them, there would be no Goody Mob. There would be no T.I., you know, Jermaine Dupree, all of these guys. Even though Jermaine Dupree was on the scene before them, but they made Atlanta relevant. You know what I mean? They made Atlanta relevant, and that's why Atlanta and certain parts of the South run the rap game today, as well as Chicago. Last but not least, on my list is Doggy Style, Snoop Dogg's debut album, which is a classic. A lot of people don't mention it, but again, this is all timeless music. You could pop those CDs in, load those MP3s up, and you can play that whole album through and through. You know what I mean? Snoop was heavy on his gang banging when he first came in, but he turned out to be a great artist as well. And he gives, he gives back to his community, you know, in the form of, you know, the coaching football teams. You know, he's an entertainer now. He has his own shows. He has a show with Martha Stewart. So that one debut album got Snoop to where he is today. You know what I mean? That's what producing classic music can do for your career. You'll forever be a god in the eyes of listeners everywhere. You know what I mean? A CEO of a, of a whole different genre of business or whatever would love you and put you on just because they 
love the creative cre creativity that you put out in your album. It can take you a lot of places. Just ask the RZA. Scoring movies, making video games, you know what I mean? He's in movies acting, so, you know, take your craft serious, man. A lot of you new artists, take your craft serious, put your all into it, and be creative and original. You'll be surprised where it takes you. On that note, let's move on to the new school. You know what I mean? On first on my list, man, this is one of my favorite artists right now. I can't lie. I listen to his music every chance I get, and that's Dave East. You know what I mean? I don't need to say much about Dave East. Nas found one. Nas, you finally got one. You got it right, brother. When Jay says smarten up, you smartened up because your business game is tight right now. You're a venture capitalist. You know what I mean? Hey, man, you know, bars and hoops may need some help down the line, baby. I'll get at you. I know people that know you, brother. I can get to you. As far as Dave East is concerned, man, he's a breath of fresh air for New York. He's a dope artist. You know, we need more like him. You know what I mean? We have yet to see his debut album, but I really think that, you know, he's going to make some noise, you know, on his debut album, hopefully. Next on the list, Vic Menza. He's from Chicago. Get to know him. He sounds like a young, hungry common with his own little twist. You know what I mean? Bars, beats. You know what I mean? A lot of those guys in Chicago got a good ear for beats, man. And they definitely come with bars, too. Like, Chicago and, and, and the South is running the game right now. I can't even lie to you. Next on the list, G Herbo, a.k.a. Little Herb, another Chicago artist. What's so funny is I heard him on the radio the other day, man. You know, he was conducting an interview, man. And I didn't know who he was, but... What he was saying as a young guy in his 20s, 21 years old, made me really say, let me take a listen to his music. And he reminds me of a young Jeezy, you know, from Chicago. But, um, you know, his music is incredible. You know what I mean? Through the circumstances that he got through, he's, he's blessed, man. God bless him. Next on my list, the Cookie Monster, <laughs> a.k.a. Designer. I got bros in Atlanta. Making the painter this hammer. I'm hard on the slammer. Legacy Panda. Yeah, nah, designer man. He took Future's whole style and ran with it. You know, it, it could be the curse of the 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 single man. You know what I mean? Hopefully, he can come out with some classic material, man. We got too many one-hit wonders. I mean, the one-hit wonders have always been around, but I think that designer actually has the skill to not be a one-hit wonder. I mean, stop with the cookie monster stuff at times. I mean, I know you're having fun, young brother. You're only 19, 20, and I respect what you're doing. But, you know, get to making some classics, man. I support you. Next on the list, man. It's funny. This this gentleman that I'm about to mention, Mr. Vince Staples, I, I, I actually heard about him on a Humble. You know, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine that, you know, does a lot of production in the game kind of put me on to Earl Sweatshirt. And I was like, yo, who the hell is Earl Sweatshirt? So nonetheless, I listened to Earl Sweatshirt's music. You know, it was kind of different. But this young man, Vince Staples, was featured on one of his songs. And he kind of blew my mind with his skills. You know, he, he has his own unique style. But he's definitely not your average West Coast rapper. And if you're not really hip to him, you need to check him out. That's Vince Staples. Next on the list. Another Chicago native. I tell you, Chicago got the game on smash, man. Chance the Rapper. You know, he reminds me of Kanye West, man. He has a lot of soulful music 
on his on his albums on and the, and the material that I've heard so far, he's a very soulful dude. You can catch him on commercials and everything. That's when you know you made it. Once you're a new school rapper, a lot of people don't know you, but you're in commercials, you made it. And Chance the Rapper has a bright future ahead of him. Last but not least, ooh, pause. <laughs> Young M.A., you know what I mean? A.K.A. Bobby Schmurder 2.0, but she can really rap. No joke. To me, she's probably one of the better rappers that's out now. New school. She go ball for ball with anybody. I've sat there and I witnessed it. I've heard it. She has real skills. You know, hopefully when it comes time to making an album, she can produce. Other than that, you know, she can rap. You know, the, the, the new school has a bright future. It's just getting to making some classic material, man. Make me love hip-hop again. You know what I'm saying? I'm looking to love hip-hop again. You know, guys like Drake, you know, Drake is tough. I love Drake. But not for nothing, he doesn't have a classic album under his, under, under his belt. An album where I could play from start to finish. And that's not a knock on him. I love Drake. He makes great music. But he hasn't given me that classic stuff. Joe Buttons, you know, Joel Ortiz, Royce the 5'9". These are lyricists. Guys are dope, man. Nasty, but... In their current situation, the way it's set up, they're not giving us classic material, man. So on that note, I'm just going to leave it at that. If you want to catch this replay, check us out on at barsandhoops.com. Check us out at our handles, Twitter handle, Facebook handle, SoundCloud, YouTube, and we're going to soon be on podcasts. Check us out at Bars and Hoops at each one of those handles. That's Bars and Hoops at Facebook, Bars and Hoops at SoundCloud, Bars and Hoops at Twitter, Bars and Hoops at YouTube, and soon to be Bars and Hoops, you know, podcasts. On that note, life is all about love and hate. The key to life is making sure that the love outweighs the hate. And with that said, make sure that everything is straight, baby. Still's the great. Signing off. Peace.